Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with the Pew Podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion to see people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. We are really excited to chat with you about Enneagram types today, folks. Mm -hmm. We're sharing our thoughts and just kind of talking through some of the things that we have seen and heard about the Enneagram. And maybe if it's helpful to Christians, if it's not helpful, how do we go about living in a day and age where that is very prevalent? Like everybody's, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about their Enneagram types and we see it all over social media, especially as young people, we're encouraged to know our Enneagram type and to feel it deeply and to understand what it means and who we are. And we're very much defined by that. So we're going to talk about that today and just kind of chat with you guys about um, what we see in scripture and some ways that we can also be careful when it comes to Enneagram types because Mm -hmm. we can, like I said, it can very easily become this thing that we let define us and we obsess over and we focus on maybe too much or more than we should. So, before we get into all of that great stuff and our topic today, Maddie, catch us up on blog, podcast, Instagram, our Christian resource page, mm-hmm. all that great stuff. Okay, so we're actually getting really, really close to 8,000 downloads mm-hmm. on the podcast already, so that's very exciting, and we thank you all for downloading. You're probably so sick of us, like, thanking <laughs> you, but here we are, thanking you. I, but we mean it, guys. Yeah, it's, we do. Yeah. And we're really excited about that. We're kind of brainstorming on some different things that we can do for the upcoming milestones with that. And we are excited for some of the new podcast episodes that are coming up. We've got some really interesting topics that Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about. We may be having some guests on the podcast. Who knows? (laughs) But we're excited about that. The blog, we've got new blog posts coming out every Thursday. We've been doing really good. I know we just mentioned Blogmas and, mm-hmm. you know, we might be doing that again this year. Who knows? Guys, every week and we get closer to Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, last night, Lily and I were outside and it was like hot and buggy and disgusting. And I was just like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. She's whacked, guys. She's I'm crazy. I'm just so excited. I can't wait for like September and... I know. Anyway, this is... Crazy beside the point with my announcements. Anyhow, Instagram, we hit a big milestone on Instagram a few days ago, and we are very excited to be posting about that here soon. So, if you're not already following us on Instagram, head on over there and follow Mm -hmm. us. We are thefew.blog, or you can actually just search Lily and Maddie Hobbs, or Lily Hobbs, Maddie Hobbs, whatever you want. We've changed it so that that's easier for you guys to find our page. Yeah. And we want you guys to head over there. We've been posting some fun reels and Mm -hmm. just posting a lot about everyday life, starting college, that kind of thing. So, you can definitely get the inside scoop on some different things if you head on over to Instagram. Yep, for sure. Okay, guys, so let's get into our topic today, Enneagram types. I'm excited. First of all, I think we should share maybe what we are. I hate saying this because I okay. Anyway, because it's like a trendy thing and y'all know me like I'm so... Lily hates trends. Yeah, I really do. And I don't know, I usually see it as being something that everybody... Well, this is probably a part of my Enneagram type. 
Probably. Um, I just don't like when people are followers. And so it's like this thing in me when people are following trends and just they're dressing <laughs> the same type and of doing, type. doing their hair as everybody else is doing. And it's like, why are you, why do you want to be like everybody else? You yeah. know, kind of deal. Anyway, so Maddie, what is your Enneagram type? And then I'll share mine and then we'll get into this conversation. Okay. So my Enneagram type is a type four. So type fours typically feel emotions very deeply and we're often looked at as saddest, but I think that that's kind of a misrepresentation of my Enneagram type. <laughs> like, yes, we do sometimes love sad emotions or being kind of sorrowful or reading some very deep heartbreaking poetry or something like that but we also feel the happy emotions very deeply too mm-hmm. so you know don't discriminate against me and just say i'm a sadist i'm just kidding so more um, like feeling deeply yes just yeah. being not necessarily being emotional like mm-hmm. you're a baby yeah but just feeling things in your soul Okay. So that's kind of my, and very artistic and, you know, I think usually we are drawn to like literature and poetry and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So apparently I am told (laughs) that I am a type one and I'm a little bit of everything. So her and dad both. It's actually funny because like my mom and I are almost the same. I think she might be a type five, but we have like a lot of the same tendencies. And Mm -hmm. then dad and Lily are like exactly the same. I think. So we're kind of like one parent or the other. And yeah. then Lincoln is kind of like in the middle, a mixture of all of them. He's more of like a type I three, three, I yeah. think, probably. I don't yeah. know. I'm not an expert on Enneagram types, I really. think we're all a little bit of everything, honestly. I mean, we all have something that we lean towards, a type that yeah. we lean towards. But for the most part, I think we're all a little bit of everything just because of like being missionaries you kind of that's just part of like our experience yeah because like everybody you meet and the experiences you have obviously all of that shapes who you are and your worldview and that kind of thing yeah i think like you've experienced right more personality in a lot of other people so sometimes you know that rubs off on you Mm -hmm. depending on who you're with and that kind of thing so you're kind of like a mixture of everything tons of different people (laughs) okay so apparently type ones um are defined by their i'm just reading this because i have not done as much research or whatever about the enneagram as some people have so i'm just reading this because i know i'll butcher it if i don't okay (laughs) ones are defined by their belief that everything must be in order and by their feeling that they must always be right they show great commitment and an and determination to improve conditions that they find need improvement and they are forward in encouraging others to improve their performance too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so definitely me. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, do we think, do we allow this to define us? I guess is the first question mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of people when they research their Enneagram type or they are looking into this and they see what they are, trust me guys, there are tons of free tests and stuff that yeah. like millions and millions of people are doing, should we let that define us specifically as Christians? Um, And I know for everyone, like if you're not a Christian listening to this, you may very heavily define yourself according to your Enneagram type. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that is a correct way to handle or to use the Enneagram types? And should we let that be something that dictates the way that we live and maybe even boxes us in a little bit? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think that Enneagram types can be very accurate. Like, Mm -hmm. my Enneagram type, when I took the test however long ago, like, it was very accurate and everything. Mm -hmm. So, I think that it can sometimes give us insight into maybe some of our tendencies as a culture, but especially 
as the church, we have given Enneagram types way too much power. Mm -hmm. And it might be fun to, you know, take a test and figure out which type you are and figure out what type your friends are and different things like that. But I've seen a lot of people in church leadership and just in churches in general Mm -hmm. take these tests and then divide their boards by whoever is this Enneagram type Mm -hmm. and this Enneagram type and well, if they don't want to do outreach, oh, it's fine because they're a type four. So, that means they're an introvert and that means that they probably wouldn't want to be as social. They value alone time and, you know, it's just about them and Jesus and that kind of thing. So, that would that would be like an excuse that I would use. Well, I'm right. an Enneagram type four. I like my alone time and I don't want to do a bunch of social activities. While that is true, I don't think that that should necessarily define us. Like, right. while I may value my alone time more than I do my social interactions with other people, it doesn't necessarily mean that I should just be allowed to just sit in my room all day and not do anything, not talk to anybody, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have like pushed ourselves to get out of our comfort zones out of our Enneagram types and we've started Bible studies. We go on outreaches. We Mm -hmm. have become missionaries and, you know, have started our own ministry. And so that's something that would be completely out of my Enneagram type for the Mm -hmm. most part. You know, I'm supposed to be creative and a poet and a writer or whatever. And so if I let that solely define me, then I think that that would honestly hurt my relationship Mm -hmm. with Jesus a lot and my relationship with other Christians. In church, we've given the Enneagram types way too much power. The main thing, as Lily and I were kind of talking about what we wanted to include in this episode, the main thing that we were saying is just that we can't let Enneagram types give us an excuse to tolerate disunity in the church. Mm -hmm. That is an absolute no-no. Like, Jesus did not choose his disciples based on their Enneagram types. Therefore, I don't think that we should choose our church leadership on their Enneagram types. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not something that's modeled after scripture. It wasn't like, oh, well, Peter is this Enneagram type, which explains why he has this personality, and John is this Enneagram type, and he's like a whole nother personality. Mm -hmm. And so that means that they might butt heads at some times or something like that. And I think that that's kind of stupid. Also, like, people act like Peter was this huge, big personality who was honestly quite prideful and stuff. I think that that's a misrepresentation of Peter, but (laughs) his Enneagram type. (laughs) And his Enneagram type. But I think that, see, we can't characterize Bible characters specifically by their Enneagram type Mm -hmm. or anything like that. I just think that as Christians, Jesus defines us, not our Enneagram type. Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of times that means that he's going to call you out of your comfort zone. You know, like he would call Peter out of his comfort zone. Maybe he would even call Peter to be a little bit of a bigger personality in order to preach to the crowds at Pentecost or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. So, I think that we need to not let our Enneagram types box us in, like you were saying, and we need to just say, like, okay, we're all one in Christ and the Lord is the one who defines us, not Mm -hmm. some internet test that tells me what my Enneagram type is. And it shouldn't inhibit me from getting along with others just because I'm a different Enneagram type. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like Jesus should always override our Enneagram types, right? This is not something that, oh my goodness, the Enneagram type is over Jesus and Mm -hmm. it is something that I pay attention to and focus on because it tells me who I am. It tells me what I can do, what I enjoy doing, what I don't like doing. And you know what? Sometimes you take these tests 
us and they're not right on everything. Okay, mm-hmm. folks, like, I think we need to understand that too. Like Maddie said, I think they're pretty accurate because you answer questions that they have, you know, yeah. specifically formulated so that they can, you know, understand the choices you make and your tendencies and that kind of thing. But most but, of the time, it's really not that hard because, exactly, like, you know, as a type four, I'm more of an introvert. So when they ask me questions like, do you feel recharged after spending time with people? And it's like, yes or no. Like, obviously, I'm probably going to answer no. Right. So that automatically means that I'm an introvert, which would put me in these three mm-hmm. categories. And then based on other questions, you know, you're like narrowed into one specific category. Right. Exactly. So that doesn't, that does not like dictate your life though. Just because exactly. you're an introvert doesn't mean that right. they're right on everything. Yeah. And, and we see in scripture that we're not called specifically using the introvert example. We're not specifically told in scripture, oh, it's okay to just spend all your time alone and everything. No, we see Christians being in fellowship with one another Mm -hmm. and um, living life together and being honest about the feelings that they have and the things that they're going through. And we're called to witness and you can't do that when you're alone. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not something that you can do. But for extroverts, like sometimes a part of my Enneagram type is that, like the thing said, I would I really encourage people, (laughs) challenge people is probably a better word to use, to become better, to Mm -hmm. push themselves. And I can often get ahead of myself in that, push people too quickly, if that makes sense. Like I can- She expects me to spend all my time with other people. (laughs) I'm just kidding. And so it's sometimes the spirit is not leading in that and I can Mm -hmm. just get ahead of that. And so I have to make sure that I am letting Jesus override my Enneagram type, even though I am more of, I mean, I'm definitely a mixture of introvert and extrovert and Mm -hmm. all of those different things, but I would probably lean towards being an extrovert more than I would an introvert. And so I have to allow the Lord to work in that too, to make sure that I'm not just saying whatever I think and I'm not you know, going ahead of the spirit and challenging people to do something that the Lord may not be leading them to quite yet. Maybe mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means, and this is something that I definitely had to learn, is that it doesn't mean that it's wrong or that they shouldn't be doing that, but maybe they're not ready to take that next step. Maybe they need a little more time. Maybe they need some encouragement in the season that they're in in order to take a step up in Mm -hmm. order to be challenged in that way and to hear it in a loving and godly way. So our point in this is that we can't let our Enneagram types define us and we also can't let them be an excuse not to do bold things for Mm -hmm. Christ, not to get out of our comfort zones and to do what he's calling us to do. Scripture applies to all Enneagram types in case anyone needs to hear that. And it does not care about your feelings. It doesn't care about your feelings, unfortunately, folks. And so, but that's a good thing. I shouldn't even say unfortunately because that is a great thing that scripture, uh, we did a thread on this, I think on Instagram, we made a thread that said, I'm glad that the gospel offends me. I'm glad Mm -hmm. that I'm convicted when I come to it and I read it because that is what saved me, right? That conviction, that saving grace that I came to understand and came to know for myself, personally have a relationship with Christ, it's because I was saved from my sin. And I think that the Enneagram can actually be, I know this is going to sound crazy, but our Enneagram types and the test can actually show us our tendencies and show us where we may be making excuses not to do the yeah. things that God calls us to do. Or here's what we always come back to, guys. There's a balance. 
right? Mm -hmm. There's a balance and you can't let it define you, but you also, it can be a helpful thing to understand, okay, I am more introverted. I do prefer this. I lean towards this. So in what ways is God calling me out of that? In what ways can I let him override that tendency in my life? Because he may be trying to show me something. He may be trying to grow me in a specific way that I'm kind of standing in the middle of and not allowing to happen because mm-hmm. I'm stuck in this tendency. I'm stuck in what I want to do and not what God wants me to do. Yeah. So there are definitely some good things about taking the Enneagram test and seeing what type you are, but we can't rely on that. And most especially, like Maddie was saying in the church, I feel like we've made such a such a grave mistake by allowing the Enneagram type to define us mm-hmm. and be an excuse to be in disunity. Yeah. Because we're just saying, well, I'm a one and she's a four. Like Maddie and I, okay, here's a real life example. Like we have to battle that within ourselves, even within our ministry sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know? Like there are some things where I'm like, okay, let's just go. Let's do it. Let's, you know, do all the things and Mm -hmm. run a hundred miles per hour. And Maddie's over here like, okay, but let's think about this. Let's think this through. Let's talk about it, whatever. And so we have to learn how to function in that, but also have Jesus in the middle and be like, no, it doesn't mean that we have to stop and think about every single yeah. little detail and not have faith. I'm not saying that Maddie does that. I'm just saying that. Oh my goodness. She's challenging my <laughs> salvation. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying faith to that he's going to work out whatever yeah. needs to happen or what. I'm not saying faith in the yeah. Lord. Okay. It helps both of us. I mean, right. like for me to move faster, get mm-hmm. out of my comfort zone, I can. But also I need that. to slow down. Yeah. And so it's something that can sometimes be helpful, but I think that we do, we give it too Mm -hmm. much power. Yeah. And we let it be something that is like, well, I'm this type and you're that type, so we're just not going to get along. Mm -hmm. And the Lord calls believers to be in unity. And that is because we have Jesus as our savior. Yeah. And he is the one that's bringing us together. We are all one body, many different parts as you guys, I'm, I know that's a common thing and yeah. common saying, but it's so true. And it's a great analogy because when we think about it, it doesn't, you know, I was just reading that scripture in my Bible in 365 a couple days ago, and it just kind of struck me in a new way how many examples he uses, you know, like if all of us were ears, then who would see, right? We Mm -hmm. can't see. We can't, we can't have any sense of direction. We can only hear. We can, you know, all these different things that are just great analogies that get us thinking about how we all have different gifts. We all have different tendencies and things that we're drawn to. But when we come together under the banner of Christ Mm -hmm. and under his authority in the church, something amazing happens. It's, it's a miracle, honestly, because when you get people together that are not saved, they are focused on, well, I'm this personality and I want to decide this and I want to do this job and you're taking this from me and you're, you know, yeah. and all these things. And we get in these really bitter and argumentative fights yeah. that usually ends in destruction of the group or whatever you're trying to do, the event you're trying to put on, whatever it may be. But in the church, how crazy is it that for thousands of years, we have been able to meet together. Yeah. And I'm not saying, trust me, guys, I mean, you guys know this if you've been in church, if you've been in church leadership, most especially, you know that, I mean, people leave church because they're hurt. People are hypocrites in the church. We have all this stuff going on. And there is a lot of stuff that we have to deal with. But usually, why does that stuff happen? Because we haven't fully come under 
the authority yeah. of Jesus. And we haven't said, you know what, despite my tendencies and despite my Enneagram type or my personality, whatever, if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, I want to make sure I say that because yeah. some of you may... It's basically just a fancy personality. Exactly. Test. So, we can't let that be an excuse, especially in the church, because mm-hmm. that's what we see happening. And... It can cause disunity, which is a scary thing because the world is watching us. So, as a church, we need to make sure that we are in unity Mm -hmm. because that is what wins lost souls. This love, this unity that we have for one another because of Christ, not because of... Because if it was up to our Enneagram types, we would not have unity, right? Mm -hmm. Because we would all be doing our own things. We would all be making different choices. We would all have different opinions about different things. And you can't get along if you're comparing Enneagram types and trying to work together. Doesn't work. I mean, business, Mm -hmm. things like that that you look at when people are not saved or it's just purely a worldly Enneagram type personality-driven type of thing it just usually doesn't work out well. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. And so in the church, though, people are watching and looking at us going, they're either going, wow, that is really screwed up and is just like everything yeah. else in the world that I'm watching, just like my work, just like my job situation that I hate, just like working with my coworkers that are this type and we can't agree and we, you know, just fight all day. Mm-hmm. Either they're thinking that and viewing the church in that kind of sense or they are looking at us and going wow look at their unity look at the love that they have for one another despite their differences despite the weaknesses that they each have despite their enneagram types or personality types they can still come together to gather to serve to love others who they don't even know Mm -hmm. and that's different so it's one of the two And I think that we in the church need to recognize that because we lose sight of that so quickly. We get so inward focused. And and I think that that's another thing that we have to be careful with the Enneagram types is that when you use it just as a personality test, as just this thing to find out who you are and to love yourself better and all that stuff, if that is your motive behind finding out what Enneagram type you are or um, behind giving your different opinions and whatever, whatever, then it just boils down to us being selfish. Mm -hmm. We're completely self-centered and that has been the root of all evil, right? We have this pride issue. We have this sin problem that we can't seem to shake. But thank the Lord for sending Jesus and allowing us to have this saving grace, this knowledge of a savior that loves us and that wants us to love others despite our weaknesses and flaws. Yeah, I think that in the church, it's it's either going to be supernatural, like mm-hmm. a supernatural kind of unity, or it's going to be superficial. Mm-hmm. Like there's just nothing that we can do about that. Either we right. focus so much on our Enneagram types that we have a very fake kind of unity and trust Mm -hmm. me people are going to notice that they do okay they're gonna notice when you don't get along with Mm -hmm. the you know when the type four doesn't get along with the type one and then like lily said it's gonna be like everything else it's just gonna be the superficial unity that isn't what god actually called us to strive for Mm -hmm. or it's going to be completely supernatural where the lord is just working in our midst despite our enneagram types 
and we can all get along, we can all make decisions. But yeah, I think that if we focus so much on our Enneagram types, we just end up being really selfish. Yeah. And I know that I am often drawn towards people who are like the same Enneagram type as me as Lily would be or anyone else would be because we have a lot of the same ideals and, you know, Mm -hmm. we all feel things deeply and all the people that Lily may be drawn to would want to help people be better or be more organized or whatever. And so, if as a church we break down into these like Enneagram type groups, then the Enneagram type four might be the heart of the body where you feel things and you love things really deeply and you're very passionate. Mm-hmm. But then where is the head going to be where right. you're thinking through things and you're not letting emotions necessarily cloud your judgment? I'm mm-hmm. not saying that always happens. That is not my personal character. I'm just <laughs> kidding. But I mean, it can be sometimes because yeah. we're focused on being emotional and helping people feel things deeply. You know, like when I teach a Bible study lesson, I actually just did this a couple weeks ago. I showed uh, the girls in our Bible study group a poem that I really love, but it's a very deep and very somewhat sorrowful, but just very deep and very emotional poem. Mm -hmm. And Lily probably wouldn't be the type to do that every week. You know, she has some type four tendencies and she likes a good poem here and there, but she would be more of the let's show a Marcus Luttrell video and motivate people to like get going and be the best that they can be and to never quit. Mm -hmm. But when we work together, then Lily calls them to this higher standard. And, you know, I have some of those tendencies too. See, it's not just like, you know, Enneagram type four is they feel deeply. Enneagram type one, they dictate or whatever. It's, you know, we all have mixtures of the different personalities. So, I think that that's another thing that we overlook sometimes. But Lily may call them in one Bible study to this higher standard. And maybe she uses a tough love tactic or, you know, something like that, which she doesn't often do. But sometimes if we're going with the Marcus Luttrell thing, then yeah, that's tough love. But then I would get up the next week and I might show a poem and I'd say, okay, now that we are at this higher standard, how do we find peace in this? Or how Mm -hmm. do we feel what the Lord wants us to feel in this season, in this area of our lives? So, I think that if we all break down into groups based on our Enneagram types, then we're all going to be very lost. And that is not what the Lord called us to do. I mean, you look at the Trinity and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they all have different jobs, but they are all working together in perfect unity. Mm -hmm. And that is the perfect picture of what the church should look like. I know that we can never reach that kind of perfection. The Trinity is completely perfect, and I know that we can never necessarily reach that level but that is what we should be striving for primarily in the church, Mm -hmm. which goes right along with the verse that we had for today, which is John 17, verses 21 through 23, and this is Jesus speaking, and I think that this is really the foundation for what the church needs to be thinking about in a very legit and radical way. I mean, keep in mind, like, the superficial versus the supernatural. You know, we cannot create unity that is going to be convincing, unity that is convincing is divinely inspired and divinely brought about. So, anyway, John 17, verse 21 through 23, Jesus speaking, he says, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. So, even in this verse, he's talking about the world looking in and just seeing 
just automatically. The Father sent Jesus, and then Jesus is sending us out into the world and is sending us to be the church, to be unified for the same cause, not based on Enneagram type, not based on a personality test, but purely through the love of Jesus and through the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit working through us. So I think that if you're in church leadership, if you have noticed this going on in your church, I would encourage you to take a step back and look at this. Like your Enneagram type, honestly, it does not matter Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't matter in eternity. Like I don't think Jesus really cares what your Enneagram type is because if he did, then he wouldn't be the loving and just God that he is and he would break things down by Enneagram type and he would favor certain people and then cast away certain others and that is not the kind of God we serve. Enneagram types are pretty much irrelevant when it comes to the church especially. It may help you to understand some of your personal tendencies a little bit more, but as far as actually helping us be unified, I don't think that we really need to be focused on it quite as much as we are. So, if you're in church leadership, in a church that's really focused on this, I would encourage you to take a step back and say, okay, like, is our unity superficial mm-hmm. or is it supernatural? Because you want to be in a place where your unity is supernatural. And it can be hard to find places like that. I'm not, yeah. I don't think that every church is like this, especially mm-hmm. if we, and this can happen anywhere, but especially if we lose sight of what the Lord wants us to truly believe. If we lose sight of the fact that we should be one in Jesus as he is one with the Father, Mm -hmm. then things can get pretty messy and muddled pretty quickly. So, I think that we need to stop looking at Enneagram types and we need to start looking at Jesus. Yeah. I love this quote by Francis Chan. He wrote this in his book, Letters to the Church. And he said, just imagine if the church was made up of people who would literally go to the cross for one another. How could people shrug their shoulders as they witness that kind of love? Mm -hmm. What if we could come to a point in the church where it was about going to the cross for one another? And I love this. This is kind of like my um, relationship motto or future relationship motto, I should say. Um, (laughs) It's Lily McCann. (laughs) (laughs) No. First one to the cross wins. I love that analogy or that challenge, I guess, because it's like if we can just get to the cross, if we can just get to Jesus, then everything else just falls into place. Mm -hmm. We don't have to argue about this or that. We don't have to look at our Enneagram types and our personalities and go, well, who's best suited for this job and who can serve here and who can do this and that. It will all just fall into place because each one of us will be looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, and we will be just overwhelmed with this sense of love from our Savior, but also for one another. Mm-hmm. And that covers a multitude of sins, right? Yeah. Scripture tells us love covers a multitude of sins. And I think that that's a powerful scripture, especially when we look at this topic, because we have so much sin in the church. Yeah. We have so many inconsistencies and weaknesses and all of these things that can stop us. They can literally stop us from getting to the cross if we allow them to. Mm-hmm. What if we look at those things and go, no, I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to allow that to encourage me to mm-hmm. keep pushing, to yeah. keep running to Jesus and to keep running to the cross. How amazing would that be? And just like Francis said, how could people shrug their shoulders as they witness that kind yeah. of love? They can't. We can't deny something that is that powerful and that radical. Yeah, but if it's superficial and we're literally like fighting each other mm-hmm. almost to get to the cross first and it's like this 
just so that we can figment, be the first one. Figment of our imagination of what the cross really is. Mm-hmm. You know, the cross was meant for, like, the worst of criminals and the Romans perfected that technique of execution and it was brutal and it was difficult and no one would want to go through that. Mm -hmm. But as Christians, if our love transcends all physical, earthly, human understanding, then people just flat out can't ignore that. But I think that in the church, we've lost sight of that and we've made the cross into some figment of our imagination that isn't that bad and is just anybody could go through that. Anybody could withstand what Jesus went through. That is just completely and utterly ridiculous to me and completely defeats the point of Christianity. Mm -hmm. So, if we soften the cross and it's like we're fighting each other by Enneagram type (laughs) to get to the cross first, then people notice that. It's not like you can cover that up. Yeah. Like, if there is dissension and there is disunity in our church leadership, in our church members, people notice that. You can't Mm -hmm. hide that. No matter how well you think you can hide it, you can't. And that's something we're all guilty of. You know, like, there has been dissension between Lily and I if we Mm -hmm. disagree on something. And, like, you can't hide that from people. You may try and you may think you do a good job, but you can't. If it's not genuine, people notice immediately. You can't just think that people are going to go about their daily lives and be like, oh my goodness, that is, that's just such a great ministry and that's just such a great church and this and that and whatever. People notice, guys. But it shouldn't just be, oh, I don't want people to think that I'm- Like your image. Right. It should be your heart. Mm -hmm. Are you wanting to be genuine because you actually love Jesus and you recognize that he can still use you and you should want to be used despite your Enneagram type, despite your personality, despite who else may be beside you? Is that your heartbeat? Is that what you're after? That is ultimately what we have to examine in each of our own lives. Yeah, and that's something that all of us struggle with. You know, that's Mm -hmm. like a really difficult thing to kind of overcome your humanity and your natural tendencies depending on your personality or Enneagram type and stuff. But when you let Jesus completely take over your life, then that shouldn't be a concern. It shouldn't be a concern in church leadership and it shouldn't be a concern in Christians in general. Mm -hmm. So there's what we think about Enneagram (laughs) types. Very simply and, Um, you know, yeah. yeah. I think that we assign way too much importance to them. I think that they can be helpful for some things, but Mm -hmm. just because we have different Enneagram types does not give us an excuse to be selfish or to fight with one another. Absolutely. So, Mm -hmm. we're going to end this episode in prayer, so please pray with us. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for this day, and I thank you for giving us the opportunity to just sit down and have this real and raw conversation about Enneagram types, and I pray that you would just help us as Christians in our various churches to really bring a supernatural kind of unity, not based on anything that is fickle like Enneagram types, but things that we all hold in common, our love for you and our salvation through Jesus dying on the cross. And I pray that you would just help us to understand the gravity of that. And I pray that you would help all of us to be willing to die for one another, no matter what our Enneagram types are or our personalities are. I pray that you would just uh, help your love to transcend all of that different stuff and help us to just love one another deeply from the heart and to really be in unity with one another as you are in the Trinity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Alrighty, guys, thank you so very much for listening to this episode and for tuning into the show each and every week. We certainly appreciate it, and we love having you guys here to have these genuine conversations like we do every Monday, and we hope that they are an encouragement and just a place where you can relate with other like-minded Christians that want to get serious about this Jesus thing and be more than what the culture is telling us that we are, Mm -hmm. right? We want to be more because of who Jesus is. And so push yourself this week to, here's my Enneagram one coming out, guys. (laughs) Push yourself this week to be more like Christ and to Mm -hmm. look past maybe your own opinions or your personality, but to look at Christ's character and say, that's what I want to be like. That's what I want to imitate in my everyday life. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to rate and review the podcast podcast on Apple Podcasts. That helps us reach so many more people with this kind of truth, with these uh, topics that we're talking about each week on the podcast. And we will talk to y'all next Monday. Bye, guys. (laughs) 